We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? Did that? We're about, one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. Welcome to the Field of 68 After Dark as our conference previews continue on this Wednesday night. We welcome in a couple of new members to our family this year. It is the former head coach of the Butler Bulldogs, also at Milwaukee. He spent time on the Michigan bench. We'll get to that in a moment with the Scoop Jardine connection. But it's Laval Jordan who joins the field of 68 this year. We've got the former Syracuse guard, led the Orange to the Big East regular season title in 2013. Scoop Jardine is with us as well. And the man, the leader of the field of 68, Rob Doster, joins me, John Fant. It's great to be with all you guys tonight to break down the Big East. I got to say, Fanta, it's nice that I'm not hosting tonight. It's much more relaxing. So I can see up here. I got a little Keontae Classico here. It's a, a <laughs> relaxing night for me, almost a night off. Well, that means that the takes could get more and more fascinating as the hour goes on from Mr. Doster. Gentlemen, in the Big East Conference, it was an off-season that had no shortage of activity. And Laval... You know this league. You coached in this league. The the big storylines, and we're going to get to a bunch here in the coming hour, from power rankings to sleeper teams to everything in this league. The top storyline in the Big East Conference, though, goes without saying. The fact that Jay Wright, the Hall of Famer, the national champion in 2016-18, a Final Four run last year, the fact that he will not be on the sidelines this year. Laval, as a coach in the league, like – how much did you go into every year knowing, yeah, our league's going to be good, but with Jay Wright on the sidelines, Villanova is is the king until someone takes that throne. Yeah, John, uh, you're exactly right. That was the um, – every year you just knew. You know, Jay Wright has been there two decades, you know, eight Big East championships, uh, Final Fours. And so regardless of any preseason ranking, which usually they were picked at the top, and rightfully so, um, but you knew who you you were preparing for and who you were trying to beat. You know, if you wanted to uh, make it to the NCAA tournament, if you wanted to advance in Madison Square Garden, like everybody knew, it, it comes and goes with how how Villanova's doing, and and Jay Wright's imprint on it 
being the biggest factor. Um, so it'd be it'd be interesting to see with, with Kyle, who's who's uh, did a really good job at Fordham, and and now he's got Villanova DNA because he was there for so long. Um, so I'm familiar with that, but it's still an adjustment to not look over and, and see coach right on the sidelines for everybody in the building, all the fans, all the players, the opposing coach, the officials. Um, so we'll see uh, you know, how Kyle does. The good thing for him is he's got a, a good, a good returning core to help him out. Scoop, you yeah. played against Villanova. So you, you know what coach Wright was all about when you played against them. What was your reaction when, when you saw that the Jay Wright is stepping away from college basketball and he is retiring? I was surprised. I mean, I was it. It was like almost like the uh, that when Tom Brady it was. I was very surprised when like like when Tom Brady retired. Was, I was very surprised. But Jay Wright did a a great job at Villanova, and for me, like he was somebody that recruited me. One of the first first coaches to offer me a scholarship. So, you know, I was actually in Philly at the time when he did retire. So I made sure I got I got you know, in contact with Malik Wayne's and everybody and just to see what it was. I was very surprised, you know. And then I was trying to see who, who was going to get the job next. That was my – Trying to get on staff right away, just like that? <laughs> no, not me. I, I wanted to see where they was going to place my guy Elite at, to be honest with you. You know, Malik Wayne's a great friend of mine. He's actually coaching Camden right now with DeJuan Wagner's son. So, But he was on that team last year that went to the Final Four. Rob, my, my my concern about this, and I, I'm curious from from both you and Scoop, uh, uh, Scoop and Laval on this one is um, so much of what made Villanova great under Jay Wright was his ability to like teach concepts. Right, they're not out there running 35 different sets with 20 different counters to every set that they have. He's teaching right. them how to play basketball a very specific way, and I think part of the reason why that development was so profound within the program was that these guys really learned what he wanted. They were able to do it a specific way. And once they got really, really good at it, and, you know, they're, we're talking about like four-star guys that are 22, 23-year-old pros by the time that they leave, that's how you build a program into a national championship contender. I don't know if Villanova can be Villanova at that same level, if they're going to run things the same way, if they don't have that same level of teaching, right? That To me, that's, that's the big concern I have with, with Kyle. I, I don't... I think the culture is still going to be there. I think that it's still going to have the the cachet. They're still going to be able to get like the Villanova guys. My question is, can they be what they were and play the same way without having that teacher on the sideline? I feel yeah, like, go ahead, uh, Scoop. I feel as though he's going to be in a – remember when Calhoun retired? And I'm not trying to say that, you know, Kyle is, is Kevin Ollie, but – like, I think Calhoun played a big part in the stands, too, and being around the team. You know, now I don't know what type of uh, – how long – I don't know if Jay Wright going to do that, but I think if I was Jay Wright, I would. Mm, right. <laughs> you know, it's my – pro. it's your program. And it was very surprising, like, that he retired. So, I think he's still going to be around. I think so. I, he should. What you think? Yeah, you know what? That's a uh, a good point you make, Rob. And, and scoop with with Calhoun and um and the program there and yeah Ko and and giving it to somebody who's like I said got got has DNA in the program. I look at maybe Wisconsin in the Big Ten with uh when Bo Ryan because because everybody kind of had the same 
question like if with without Bo Ryan in Wisconsin, Ooh. just the way that they do things, it was different than everybody else in the league. Like Villanova's way that they do things, the structure, the teaching, the culture, and Jay was you know the head of it. Um, and Greg Gard's done a great job at you know can Kyle do? And because Greg was there for so long under Bo, Kyle was there for so long under under Jay. You know, can he, you know, replicate that in the same manner? Hubert Davis at, at North Carolina, you know, getting a few years with, with Coach Williams right. and being able to, to kind of just continue it on. And, then, and like I said, I, it helps when you have a veteran core uh, on the front end definitely. of things. It helps when you got assistants uh, like Mike Nardi and other guys that have been there too. You're not bringing in a whole new staff that doesn't know, quote unquote, the way. And so I think he's got everything that's pointing in the right direction for, for him to be able to do it. And now it's him putting his, his own personality on on things. Yeah, right. and for and for the record, Kevin Ollie won a national championship in 2014. So Kyle right. goes out yeah. and wins a national title. I think I think Villanova fans will be pretty happy with that. <laughs> no question. First year. <laughs> no, no question. Here's the deal, though. Two two thoughts that that come to mind. Number one. Over the last nine years, Villanova basketball has gone 264 wins to just 53 losses over the last nine years. Thanks, thanks, John, for the reminder. (laughs) You know what, Laval, you own a couple of the 53. (laughs) Hinkle Fieldhouse and the bucket of water at the top of the ceilings. There's something about that, that, (laughs) right? Right? But the thing that comes to mind, too, is in the midst, folks, of the coaching change, of the changing of the the throne at Villanova. Like, a couple of assistant coaches I was talking to today at Marquette brought up the fact that, hey, there's been a lot of change on the coaching side, not that much on the staff side, but you cannot overstate what Colin Gillespie meant to Villanova and the fact that they lose him. Villanova has been all about point guard play at the highest level. And Laval, I see you nodding. The fact that he is now gone, yes, Jay Wright's a Hall of Famer, but the point guard play was always at an outstanding level, not a good level, not a great level, like best in the country. And that is a huge loss for this team heading into this season. Totally agree. (laughs) What Rob just said, like, Kevin Ollie did win the national championship, but he has Shabazz Napier. Yeah, I was, yeah he had and and <laughs> So right. if you've got a guard that can help, you know, coach the team, t- coach on the floor, knows the way, and he can close it for you in the clutch. Right. Uh, Colin Gillespie, Jalen Brunson, Ryan Archidiakono, like those guys have come through. And with Justin Moore's injury, you know, you never know, right? You, you pray for the best full recovery and he can come back and, and be who he was. But that takes time too. A guy coming off Achilles or an ACL, he's coming off an Achilles. Um, so who is, who's that guard that had, that all the players look to, right? Because they're used to looking to Jay Wright on the sidelines, but they're also looking for Colin Gillespie, you know, with the ball in his hands too. I think it's gotta be uh, Caleb Daniels, right? At That's least, at least off the jump, it's got to, it's got to be because I don't and, think you can look at uh, Angelo Brizzi is probably going to be a good player down the road for Villanova, and I think Mark Armstrong is uh, as talented as anybody that they brought in, but th- it's going to take a little time with those guys. I think it's got to be Caleb Scoop, right? Average ten points last year, and and what was that? His sophomore year, we averaged sixteen or seventeen. He averaged he had yes. one big year. Six. Second year at Tulane, he averaged seventeen. I think. Seventeen, right? And I think that's like he got to become that guy, like. He got to, like, step up, and I think it's a great opportunity for him, to be real. Like, they all going to 
you know, like like you said, John, like Villanova has great guard play. So if you want to step into that role. But in, in now school, he's you know, Caleb's a he's a he's a two guard. He ain't the he ain't no, but, the ball. But he's a you got the ball and the game plan. You're the point he's guard. A score. He's a, he gotta become both a combo, I say. Like he gotta be able to step yeah. into that lead role. That's what I like and it's the opportunity to do. And well, who else are they going to go to? Like that's 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 my thing with it. Is I mean I don't know if you can cr- trust Chris Chris Harch at this point. So it's got to be like yeah. I think it's got to be him. No, it has to be. Well, I, I think this you know just with with Chris you know when when Gillespie got hurt two years ago right and, mm-hmm. and it was the same question and Justin had to handle some ball handling responsibilities and and Chris Arch came in and did a, a great job and to to add on to what Scoop said if it is him because he's trustworthy with the ball he won't turn it over they don't turn it over anyhow just based right. on the play he's not gonna go get you 20 or 7 17 so right. now Caleb has to you know um his his role and, and that's what he's had his moments where you know the, the way that they play it, it could be anybody yeah, um, a consistent guy that everybody looks to um you know I think if it's Chris Arch then Caleb could be that guy if Caleb has to run point that's a different story. Hey, y'all, I'm looking at your face, right? I don't think you think he he has that in him. No, I've seen it up close, like yeah. you know, on a consistent basis. When, right. When you're saying for Villanova to continue to stay at the level that they were, they've had a consistent night in, night out. Jalen Brunson, you know what you're getting every night. Gillespie, you know yeah. what you're getting oh. every night. Dante, Divincenzo, you like you know what you're getting every night from that guy, from those guys. And now it was Justin and Caleb's turn to become. This, that's exactly where I was going. This is the opportunity to really step up. Here's the deal. Villanova has won. Sorry for the reminder, Lavelle. <laughs> the, the Big East regular season or tournament championship in each of the last nine seasons. They have dominated this league. Like, this has been a good league. They average about five and a half, six tournament teams a year. But Villanova's been the class. Now, Villanova was picked to finish third. In the Big East preseason poll, that's the lowest they've been picked in nearly a decade, which which transitions us to our next topic here. Well, I I just want to say I want to say it's it's amazing when you think about this, that a team that has uh, Caleb Daniels coming back, a team that has Brandon Slater, who I think now that he's going to be healthy, is going to be the guy that was averaging 14 points uh, through the first like 12 games last year. They have Eric Dixon coming back and they got the best freshman I think they probably had coming in and Cam Whitmore like that group we're saying is going to be the one that finishes third in the big East instead of being the one that everybody just predicts, uh, predicts to win. So because of point guard play. Because all you need to know about the point guard spot. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's just it. Like to close on Villanova, we'll get back to him. There's not a single bigger factor in the entire big East season than Justin Moore's injury return timeline. Because you guys know it. If Justin Moore comes off this Achilles, and, and is able to give them half of what he was, that's still one of the best players in the Big East Conference. And that's why – let me ask you this. Laval, if Justin Moore were healthy right now, fully healthy, Villanova's not third in the Big East preseason, Paul, right? They're, pro, they're, they're firm two, at least. At least. At least. I mean, you're talking 15 points a game and 80, 83s made last, last season. Oh. I mean – if that's returning, you know, Kyle, Kyle, Neptune feel pretty good about 
you know, starting the season and so would all the Villanova fans. And so no question, John, if, if he's healthy to start the year, um, you know, they're probably picked at the top just like they always are. <laughs> so let's talk about the team picked at the top. The Creighton Blue Jays, who last year in the Big East preseason poll were picked to finish eighth. They were thought to be in a transition year, a rebuilding year. Greg McDermott jokes, well, it kind of was, but we just then loaded up. And, and they got better and better and better as the year went on, despite injuries. So I ask you this. We know that Creighton is the firm number one in the Big East heading into the season, and rightfully so. Rob Dalster, do you buy that the Creighton Blue Jays are a Final Four caliber team? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I think that they are very, very good. And my hot take is that I think by the end of the season, everybody's going to realize that Ryan Kalkbrenner is not only the best defensive player, in the Big East, not only the guy that we should be really looking at as a Big East player of the year candidate, but one of the best defensive players and one of the best, uh, best big guys in all of college basketball. Then you surround that with four guys that can make shots, three guys that are able to make plays off the bounce, someone like Baylor Shireman that can come in and fill a role that we know that Greg McDermott loves, these dudes that just run off screens and shoot 35-foot threes and make them, plus – Nemhard's coming back. Plus, we saw what Trey Alexander could do. Down the street. I, I'm all in on Creighton. I understand yeah. <laughs> why there are people that are like hesitant, but this is going to be a Greg McDermott team that added one of the best shooters in the country that finished last season ranked, I think it was 12th in defensive efficiency on Kempom. If you have a Greg McDermott team that is actually going to try to play defense, that, that is a scary thought to me. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, it's a, a flip mode for, for Greg the last three years, really, uh, COVID year and in the last two, that defensively they've taken a, a big jump in, in the league, which everybody knows coach is one of the best offensive coaches in the country and uh, always has been. And um, But now when you add a Kalkbrenner and you add some pieces like Kaluma and Trey and, and Trey and those. He thinks guys. he's back in the Valley, Val. That's what it is. He thinks he's back in the Missouri Valley. <laughs> yeah, I'm try- and, and so he's, you know, he's morphed. Uh, to a defensive coach now. Um, and so, um, you know, look, there's deep and, and versatile. And I think if you got, if you have those two things and they got a pretty good point guard with, with a healthy Nimbard, uh, you know, they've got the components to, to make a run. No question about it. Um, they turned the ball over a lot last year. Now they were young. You know, they, had, they played a bunch of freshmen. Those guys got better as the season went on. And, and the shooting wasn't, even with Hawkins and and McConnell, they weren't a classic McDermott team shooting the basketball. And so, you know, that's where Baylor uh, comes in and, and some of the guys that they and have. I, I think Kaluma's going to – he wasn't a – what do you think, 27%? He's a, I think he's going to be a guy that makes like 35 to 37%. When they came to Hinkle uh, last year, we beat him at home, but we had no answer for him. He had like 16 as a freshman, you know, and they had all the young guys playing and – and it was like, and I said to our staff, who's this kid? Like I knew you heard about Nimbard in the, you know, in, in their class, incoming class. And it was like, who's this kid? Cause he's, he might be the one. Um, I just think he's got all the ability to, to be a, a really good player in the big East and, and beyond. Here's the thing that's scary about them and why I love them so much scoop. We just talked about – I just said Ryan Kalkbrenner, I think, can be the best player in the Big East. You just heard Laval say that the guy that they had the most trouble with was Arthur Kaluma. We already talked about point guard uh, – the, the point guard Nimhard. But if you ask some of the guys on that staff, like, they say that Trey 
Alexander might actually be the best player on their team this year. That's that's a scary thought, right? There's four guys that could be the best player on this team. Four different smart basketball opinions that think that they could have a different guy is, uh, is the best player on the team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So you do your thing, Sean Miller can't pull it off. Xavier? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the thing is, like, you look at Creighton and you think about the fact that sophomore class, that's as good of a sophomore class as there is in the country. They were already going to be the preseason number one in the Big East with just their their core back. And then McDermott goes out and makes one of, if not the biggest splash in the transfer portal in Baylor Shireman who's a Summit League Player of the Year, phenomenal season, multifaceted, one of the most efficient players in the country. Don't discount Fran Farabello, who can add perimeter shooting too. He was one of TCU's best shooters last year. Like, Scoop, they they got even better. Don't forget, don't forget, there is a Miller on that team. Mason Miller is on that. No one talks about Mason Miller, who, by the way, has the highest standing vert on that roster. So you, this Creighton team, Final Four team. Yeah, yeah. Are you with me, Scoop? You're with You're me. In? I'm, I'm so. I'm so. I'm so. You're, You're in on the Blue Jays, Lavelle. For a moment here, like on Creighton, hosting them versus going there, Omaha is unlike any other trip. It's two different. It's it's like you're playing two different teams. Yeah, I've never. You know, I've maybe seen it. You know, at uh, maybe a couple different places. Um, and it was funny because we had some guys, Emerson Campus on our staff, Brandon Crone. Those guys were were here, were there with Coach Holtman before I came into and so they tried to tell me, hey, coach, because we beat them at home. All right. And we were going back to Creighton. They're like, well, you know, they play different when you go to Creighton. And you're a coach, so you're it's like, yeah, you know, I hear you. Everybody, you know, you have a little more juice at home, maybe. I don't know if I buy that, but you know, the fans are there and and it was like they didn't miss. I mean, it was <laughs> – we came out and uh, and they had Ballack, Mitch Ballack and all those guys. I mean, they're shooting from 35 feet. And and uh, the staff, they, you know, Brandon and Emerson are looking at me like, you know, we tried to tell you it's it's different when you come here. And, and we somehow always got them on, like, either the cancer awareness game where everybody's wearing pink or dollar beer night. Hey, Laval, tell them about Dollar Beer Night because I don't know how many people know about we got Dollar no Beer shot. Night. It's, it's 16,000 people in this Dollar Beer Night in Omaha, Nebraska. Like, we got no chance. 
Yeah. <laughs> you got no shot. You got you got Steve Lavin firing a t-shirt cannon into the crowd. <laughs> and, uh, I all I gotta say is uh, Fox Sports, please never put John Fanta on that call because I don't know if my man is going to be able to control himself on Dollar Beer Night. We already seen what you do on the field of '68 when Miller Lights show up. Laval, we'll go out. We'll do Dollar Beer Night, right, Laval? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll I'll drive you home. <laughs> I'm gonna need it. I'm gonna. The, the I'm gonna. Need they do yeah. for the, you know, it, it's a, for Greg to be able to to integrate oh. Ryan Hawkins like he did last year, you know, and that's that's for him to be an All Big East player and coming in a division. But you know, they needed him to do that, and so um, the 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 transfer Baylor Baylor Shireman. I mean, he had 83 threes last year, 47. percent That is remarkable, um, and so if he can integrate in the same way. As, as Ryan Hawkins did, you know, that's a huge piece uh, because they did lack some shooting, just percentage-wise shooting and guys that could make – you'll hear me say this probably all night, just because we struggled with shooting the last few years at, at Butler. Like, you can't – if you got three or two or three guys that you got to get out to that can, can create some gravity on the court, it is a huge deal. It's huge for Cockburner. The guys can't pack the paint. Um, right. So that means – Nembar's got to shoot it better. Kaluma's got to shoot it better. And, you yeah. know, if they've made those developmental jumps, you know, they're, they're going to be hard to match up with. Hey, Scoob, let me ask you this. The, the, for point guards, right, how, how big is that, that learning curve from freshman to sophomore year? Like, how much more do you know? How much more comfortable are you running an offense? I think for point guards more than any other position, that's the biggest learning curve spot. You get, you get That's a big leap, too from your freshman to yourself. Cause that's all it is really. You really don't know going in as a freshman. So when you go your sophomore, you always say like you, like that's the year you already seen everything. If, especially if you played too, you really got to play. You really, you already know how teams playing you now. And that's the second year that you should really have a, a big jump. I would say if you played as well, you know, I, I played with a guy Dion Wade his freshman year. Mm-hmm. He played the same exact minutes he played his freshman year. He played his sophomore year. He averaged seven points his freshman year, sophomore year, 13 points. Number four pick, never started again. But, you know, he just he just knew his role. He understood how the teams were going to play. And he jumped up five extra, six extra points with the same exact minutes. Bayheim never yelled at you and waiters. You lying. <laughs> <laughs> never. He never yelled. He never yelled at Trish. He knew he can yell. If he know he can yell at you, he's going to yell at you. That's- <laughs> Like we was guys, I guess we was from Philly. I don't know. He knew he can yell at us. We we would respond, and that's what, and that's what he did. And when I first got to Syracuse, I was very, I'm a co- I'm coachable. I was very coachable, but like I had to learn Beham. He, I was too coachable. He he liked dogs. Like he wanted you to be, and yeah, that's you. That that's he you. wanted you to yell back is what it was. I guess I don't know. He like right. He he felt like he can pick on us, so he yelled at us a lot. Especially right. me. Especially me. You know, a, a, another thought on Creighton here. We give you nuggets on the field of 68. This is one of those guys that wows me with Creighton. I don't think the country understands this. Creighton has won 20 or more games in 22 of the last 24 seasons. The mm. only programs that have done that more, Gonzaga, Kansas and Duke. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
like Creighton's consistency and the way that they have, you know, they took it from the Valley to the Big East. As much as the Big East has been great for Creighton, Laval, like Creighton has been huge for the Big East Conference. No question. It's a, it's a program that's been relevant you know, years, for yeah, a long sure. time. I, when I was at Iowa, you know, we would talk about – I was at Iowa for three years and we were recruiting. It was like we need to keep some of the Iowa guys. Kyle Corver, like we need to keep him <laughs> in Iowa. He needs to come to Iowa instead of, you know, going to Creighton. Some of those guys that they they would come in and recruit and did a great job with Dana Altman. And, and so for years, like Creighton's been extremely relevant in the Missouri Valley and beyond, the A-10 and now the Big East. So – it's always been a really good job. Uh, and, and they come out. It's, the home court is real. It's, it's you know, the fans, <laughs> they've got great support. And they got, uh, they got NIL. Yeah, and they, they're doing the a NIL. great job with the NIL. And, and um, so they're, I think everybody there gets, you know, when you get into these uh, opportunities, everybody being in alignment and being on the same page, like everybody there gets it and they understand what Creighton basketball is doing for the university, it's doing for the community. And so they, they're all behind it. And that makes a huge difference. Sure. Hey, we want to tell you about the Almanac. It is the best way to get ready for college basketball season. In-depth previews on every single program in the country. No matter the conference, Bobby D's got it. He's got the paper copy. You can get your copy, thealmanac.gumroad.com. Folks, $19.99. It is the best $19.99 purchase you are ever going to make. Correct, Robert? Yes, without a doubt. No question about it. And you did our Big East preview? I did do the Big East preview. Of course. Who else would they let do a Big East preview? Well, then guess what? I'm going to have you answer this question. Okay. So so if Creighton's won, who's their biggest challenger? Who's the biggest challenger to the Blue Jays? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I thought, I thought you would never ask, Fanta. I thought you would never ask. Look. Adama Sonogo is the best big guy in this conference. Okay. I know I, I know what I just said about Ryan Kalkbrenner. I know I'm about to say. <laughs> I know what I just said about Ryan Kalkbrenner, but in terms of proven production, there is nobody that is better than what um, Adama Sonogo has done in that league. They have him some depth this year. Donovan Klingon is coming off the bench. I can give you 12 to 14 minutes a night. I think that's going to be huge for, for Sonogo's legs. I think what we saw down the stretch of the season, he got a little bit more tired. They brought in a whole bunch of transfers that can do the jobs that they're going to be asked to do. Right? To me, if UConn's going to have an actual chance to win this league, Laval, I'm really curious what you think about this. They need Andre Jackson and Jordan Hawkins to take significant steps. I'm talking like Jordan Hawkins, first team all big East. I'm talking Andre Jackson ended up being a second round pick. Like if those two guys take those steps, then you're looking at a team that's going to have three or four guys with length and athleticism and shooting ability around the best low post scorer in the conference. They're, I think they're going to be really, really good if if those two guys take a lead. Yeah, well, Sonogo's proven, you know, leading rebounder, um, one of the top scorers. I think you're – you know, the, the thing that will be interesting, there's a lot of new faces in the league. And so the transfers, um, you know, I look at – and, again, I went up against Scoop, Scoop's guy. I heard him say his name earlier. R.J. Cole, you know, and this is going to be the question for – a lot of the teams in, in the Big East. I got the cold-blooded team the, on underneath, the jersey. Yeah, the so cold-blooded T-shirt on underneath. You are <laughs> down the stretch in the last two and a half minutes of the game, you know, do we know where we're going? And, and I think – and they knew – RJ – everybody knew where it was going with Connecticut. 
everybody knew where it was going with Villanova. So now, you know, yes, yeah, Sonogo's really, really good, but I don't know how often it, it's going to a big guy. So it's probably going to be a guy. So if Jordan Hawkins, um, you know, Andre Jackson, he developed, shot it better last year. You know, Jordan was, he's a scorer coming off the bench, but again, point guard play. <laughs> so we're yeah. going to come back to this. Like, who who is that? Because I mean, they, I think they're going to try to make it be Andre Jackson. I, I don't know if Tristan Newton is necessarily the guy that's going to come in for RJ Cole and replace mm-hmm. anywhere near that production, right? They like the uh, the Diara kid, the transfer from Texas A&M. Yep. But to me, he's more of like a change of pace guy, like yeah. someone you bring in to kind of get out and transition, give you a little bit of a different look. I think it's got to be Andre Jackson. To me, their best five, Andre Jackson, Naheem Aline, the transfer coming in from Virginia Tech, uh, Jordan Hawkins, Alex Caraban, who I th- I mean, I think he's going to be really – I think he's going to shoot at like 40% from three, average like eight and six, a couple assists, be in the right spot defensively. Those four around Adama Sonogo, you got a lot of length and athleticism out there, three guys that can make shots, and someone that at least in theory and Andre Jackson can pick out a pass. Now, sometimes that pass is going into the ninth row, right? <laughs> That's the big thing with him. And, and is, is Tristan Newton – you know, the other transfer, like, is he a, can he help facilitate? Um, because, right. It, right. and here's the other, my other, the other thing we connect, because I think they, they're talented and they have all, but Coach Hurley defensively, like, don't minimize the loss of Robert Whaley defensively. I mean, that's where their bread is buttered. Now they're going to be physical, defensive minded, and all over the backboards. And that right. was, you know, Robert Whaley to a T. Um, so that piece is gone and it'll be more skilled with Car- a guy like Caravan, but, but coach is going to sub you out if you're not guarding the way he wants to guard. The sure. Scoop, scoop, mm-hmm. scoop, I don't know. They're playing, they're playing zone. So I don't know if they got subbed out if they missed the slides, but I know Hurley, like, <laughs> guys aren't covering their assignments. Like, you know, that they, they, um, you know, they're going to sit for a few. And so can they definitely have the defensive prowess that they've had the last few years? Cause that's what it really made their impact. Scoop. What do you think of UConn? I like them. I'm, I'm, I agree with you, uh, Rob. Again, I like the enthusiasm. I think they're really good. I like the kid Joey. The, what's the, the kid named Joey? Uh, forget his name. Calcaterra. Yeah, Calcaterra. Yeah, I think he he had all all of the the guys that's coming back have a chance to really like prove themselves. Here's year. the here's the thing with UConn. Okay, you know that Sonogo is the focal point. The big yeah. For for Connecticut. When they hit a three, it feels like six because they're just wired that way. It's going to be a street fight. Last year, when they were rolling, they were straight up bullying teams night in, night out. And and it was two hours of hell for certain teams around the Big East because you just don't have a way to combat the physicality and then when they're getting perimeter shot making. And I'm going to tell you what, guys. Now, John. The main, the main guy behind that was Tyrese Martin. I was just gonna say that personnel was built to bully you. You got Whaley built and Martin, and they're and not RJ. built that way. They're those not those necessarily built that way. Yeah, go ahead, Laval. No, you have Whaley and Martin and RJ, and those three are they're dogs now, and they were built they were built to play that way. Right. So yeah. one, thing, one thing I would say to that is, I think that Hurley wants more. Last year was more like he had three or four forwards around RJ Cole, right? And I think. Right. The, the ideal team for him is more three or four big guards around a post. Does that make sense? Like, I, I think if you look at Whaley, you look at Martin, they're kind of guys that are going to make open shots, 
get an offensive rebound or they're driving to the rim straight line. Whereas now you got Jordan Hawkins, who in theory, you can run him off screens. You could put him in ISOs. You can do different things with him. Um, I think Alex Carabain is more of a guy that is uh, catch and shoot, keeps the ball moving. It's going to it's gonna flow a little better with him out there. And Andre Jackson, if he's the guy on the ball, you know, I, I think it's it looks different, even though you have guys that are similar size. But I think this, this group is built a little bit more similar to what Hurley wants. The only problem, I think it's RJ Cole, man. Like he just – he he was such a killer in big moments. He was. Look at the win over Villanova. Look at so many other big moments. The, the, the thing is, here's where I agree with you, Rob. I thought that by virtue of their style last year, as as Rob is a great father as well. He's he's playing the role of day. I was that are your kids in agreement with you on UConn? They've also got UConn this year. Yeah, they're all they're all in. They're all in. They're all in. They're out there doing the UConn chant right now. Of course they are. <laughs> the the interesting thing to me, and I think Hurley saw this down the stretch last year, they were so reliant on Cole that then fatigue plays an issue and, mm-hmm. and you just wear down. I feel like in the off season, you get a lean, you get Newton, you get DR. Like they loaded up on just different guards who can do different right. things to not have it be on one sole guy on top of what Hawkins and Jackson bring to the table. So it's going to be interesting to see with, with UConn, if these pieces can all mesh into place, but I don't think there's any bigger factor, guys, than Jordan Hawkins taking the, the leap that's predicted because, frankly, last mm-hmm. year we only saw limited flashes of it. And the way they're talking this year, they're talking about him being one of the 10 best players in the Big East Conference. That is a seismic leap in a tough league to make. It just is, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. John and Scoop. You know, Scoop's play, he, he knows this. Like, Jordan Hawkins, I'm looking – like he played 15 minutes a game last year. And obviously, everybody's expecting that to increase this year. But the thing he has and is Bobby, you know, Coach Hurley, they're going to run some pretty intricate sets. And they're going to run a lot of them. So now if you're a first-year guy coming into the program, this was the value of transfer sitting for a year. They could learn the system on right. the sit-out year. Right. Now you're going to come in and pick all of this up. So Jordan already knows the system. In, in terms of where his shots are coming from, you know, how to get open. He, 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 he's done it. He watched Tyler Poli do it and he watched Tyrese Martin do it. Like he's been in it. And so he's got an advantage there because he knows the system. Um, and that's a huge thing, right? Right, Scoop? Especially when you know it for sure. Well, so it'll be interesting to see what the Huskies bring to the table. So Rob has the Huskies as the biggest challenger to Creighton. Scoop, who's the biggest challenger to Creighton in the Big East? Or who could win the Big East other than the Blue Jays? I'm going to say Sean Miller and Xavier. Xavier. Okay. Yeah. And why do you why do you say Musketeers? I, f- I feel like this is the year that uh, they're going to do it. They was picked second, I think. Second yes, or third? Second. Second, right? Yeah. I think this is the year. That I, I'm, I'm, I'm high on Creighton. Mostly because of Rob, but <laughs> wait, wait, hold on a second. Don't do anything. No, like, I, pr- producer Dagan, Dagan Hughes will agree with me here. You just don't do anything because of Rob. I know I'm high on Creighton because of Rob, like for sure. But I think Sean Miller and, and Xavier team this day year. Well, what to, to prove about themselves. when you about when you saw Sean Miller, Xavier, right? What was your first reaction? Very surprised, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, I, I was with Scoop. I was I was surprised. Um, and obviously it, they were still playing at the time when it was announced. And so, yeah. So, um, yeah, but it was, it was a bit of, of a surprise for, I guess Steve Prom just did it, you know, went back to Murray State. Um, and that had been, I think that had been announced maybe at the time, but but it was a little bit of a surprise that, oh, you know, Sean's going back. Um, yeah, right. Now I'll say this, I've gone around to, you know, I've been, I've enjoyed the last three, four weeks and just, been going around getting to some practices and watching some teams work out and Xavier was one of the places that I, I went and I don't you know I'm not uh I'm not doing it because because of Rob, Rob with Creighton but Scoop <laughs> with Scoop and Xavier like being there and seeing them You're right I think they have and I think really good teams have this and if you have it sooner rather than later you're going to be better off and is they have a um a connectivity they won the preseason NIT last year without Paul Scrubs. Mm. That's a huge deal because we're sitting here talking about all the missing point guards that teams don't have coming back. You know, RJ Cole and Kyle, well, Paul Scruggs ends up back, but Xavier won the NIT without him. And so, and a lot of those guys are returning, you know, with Kunko back, with Kobe Jones back. You know, they got the two big guys back, Fremantle and Nunji. Um, so I like their pieces and they've got some new guys that will have to impact them at the guards with, uh, with Desmond, Desmond Claude, and and um, I think I forget the uh, the, the point guard. Impcraft. No, the Sule trans- boom. Sule. So Utah. he'll have to yeah. play. You know, those two will have to Sule, and and he scored. So scoop. I don't know. You know, transitioning to be more of a of a point guard because he he was a scorer. Oh, first, okay. Uh, but if he can do that and and add into that group that's already been together, they you know they just. They've got a connectivity that that that's obvious when you see him. Also, I feel like Sean, he does great with transfers anyway, for getting him to buy into to his offense. I think he did it with Momo when he was in Arizona. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the other thing being there, John, it was this like they're not changing yeah. systems just because they yes. change coaches. Right, right. right. And it was a little bit of, you know, when I came back to Butler or Kyle Neptune taking over at Villanova. Everything's not changed. The, the the guy at the front of the bench is changing, but they're not completely. He knows Xavier. He knows the way. They're not changing. Travis Steele was there as an assistant when Sean was there. Right. So they're not just rewriting the script here. So the guys are comfortable. There's a there's going to be a comfort level that maybe, you know, won't get enough credit early, but late it'll I think it'll show. I think there's also a level of uncomfortability that's going to show up there. Cause I think, I think we saw it with the suspension early on of Zach Fremantle, right? I, I, I'm, I, I think that there's going to be a level of accountability that's going to be, be held by the guy at the, you know, the head of the bench um, that is going to make sure we don't kind of see some of those collapses that we saw at the end of the year with Xavier. But I, I do have a, I do have a question for you, the bow. Do you, are you calling any Xavier games this year? Do you have them? Yeah, I've got a couple of them early. Is Fanta on the call with you for any of them? I stay in my mid. I stay in my uh, East Coast. Laval okay. knows. I sit on Federal Hill and eat Italian food and hang with Cooley. I don't. So, so here's, but here's, here's what we need. What we need <laughs> is we need, we need to speak this into existence. We need John Fanta and Laval Jordan on a Xavier game in the right. Centos Center when right. Suli Boom makes a big shot, so we can get <laughs> Fanta out there calling that big shot. Fanta, give me a Suli Boom. <laughs> <laughs> You need it. Come on. Am I wrong? We'll make that come to fruition. We'll make <laughs> that come to fruition. 
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Uh I'm curious, Scoop. Yeah. As we turn the corner here, okay. From so we've we've covered really what we think. There's a there's a collection of four teams there at the top, guys. We just we just talked about them in 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 Creighton, Villanova, uh, Xavier, and Connecticut. the The big question in the Big East is who is five, and and one of the areas I want to zone in on, one of the teams I want to zone in on, is actually St. John's. So St. John's has this situation, right? They have Posh Alexander back. He's an all-Big East preseason first-team selection. They've got Andre Curbelo from Illinois. So, Scoop, you got multiple guards. In an atmosphere like that, I got two questions for you. One, how much has the point guard position changed in college basketball and what you do? And what's that like when you've got two primary ball handlers on the same team? Uh. I think that helps the team having two primary ball handlers. If they can gel, what you think, coach? If they can gel, I think that, you know, it's always about gelling. But if you have two two ball handlers, which every great team, you really do need two guys that can boogie. Look at UConn when they had both Wright and Shabazz, Napier. That's why they were so tough in the tournament. Kimba and Shabazz. In tournament play, you really need those guys that can really do that instead of having one primary. What's the key to gelling, though, Scoop? Like, uh, you got to leave your ego at the door? I think that's – yeah, and that's coaching, too. I think that's coaching, and, and that's the culture. Because when you look at it from – like with us at Syracuse, we all, we always had – and we he couldn't, we couldn't play together, really, because he plays on. So it kind of like we got caught in the shuffle, but we always had guys who can do – like it was myself, you had Waiters, you had Trish – Everybody, if I didn't bring it up, I just give it to Trisha and move out the way. That helps, though. That helps the team. Now, now the one question there, as we stick with the Red Storm, right? Do they have a second guy? Not do they have a second guy, but do they have enough shooting on the perimeter? Because Alexander and Curbelo Laval, as much as they're talented, who's making shots for that team? Yeah, that's a it's a great. You lose obviously Julian Champagny. Right. I, I lose. I still lose sleep over trying to figure out how to match up with Champagny. Um, you know, how does David Jones fit there? You don't think it could be him? I th- it's gonna, I think it has to be. Um, now he was a he was a good shot maker, not a great shot maker, but he had huge games, you know, last year. He, he can, he's a guy that can get, get 30 as a champagne. Um, I think style is, is huge. You know, they averaged 18 assists a game last year because of style of play. You know, they're up and press and posh and Cabello keep the, keep the pressure up the way coach wants to play. And they they don't let up. Um, they play motion, 
you know, on the other end. So to, to Scoop's point, you know, uh, I think Duwasu or Adewasu, he, he was leading their second assist league. Like he was top 10 in the league in assists. Okay. Yeah, Posh last year. Now they're going to add Cabello. So the ball will move. They'll run their motion. They'll press and the game will be, you know, like this. Now their thing will be defensively that that has to translate They're, They led the league in scoring last year because of the way they play because they have a champagne. David Jones can pick up some of the slack, but can that sustain defensively? Cause you know, ultimately Creighton's a whole lot better because they, they're a better defensive team. Mm -hmm. Villanova is always great. They were top of the league last year in points per game allowed. Whereas, you know, St. John's was 10th uh, when you start getting into conference game. So, you know, can they defend they're going to have to make some shots, but they'll create enough possessions with the way that they play. Sure. Um, can they actually sit down and get stops okay. late in games when it matters? You know, Rob, this is part of, of Hot Seat Watch. We do this with every conference. We talk about the different programs. We talk about the jobs. This is year four of the Mike Anderson era. They have yet to make the tournament under him. How critical of a season is this for Anderson? Are they good enough to be a tournament team? I, yes, they're good enough to be a tournament team. I think that it is um, – yeah, I mean, you got to start winning eventually, right? Uh, and I don't know if this is necessarily the year where you have to say, if he doesn't make the tournament, you got to get rid of him, kick him to the curb. Um, but they have a team that, that that should be good enough to at least be in the mix, right? This can't be the kind of year where you're losing to, you know, like the, the Fordhams in the preseason, you're losing to Eastern Kentucky, and you're losing some of these bye games, which – Frankly, with the way that this St. John's team is built, I think is probably going to end up happening. This this is the kind of team where every pressing team, in my mind, can they it becomes like a boulder rolling downhill, right? Once you start forcing turnovers, once you get into point guard's head, once you climb up in people, once you force them to take the ball out of the basket, out of bounds, and inbound it, you can get into that press, and it just kind of rolls over on itself. But it's also the kind of thing where if you're giving up layups and you can't get those stops and you can't get those turnovers and you can't get that first uh, that first moment started to go on these 12, 14, nothing runs, then you can lose to teams that you're not supposed to lose to. And I think we're going to see that with St. John's. I, I would bet money that they're going to lose a bye game that everyone says, how did they lose that game? And then they're going to go out and do something like go into Creighton and beat Creighton or go into Great, Villanova yeah. and beat Villanova because that's just what they do. And that's just what pressing teams are built as. And will they have enough good moments to be able to get them to, you know, 20 and 10 and a 500 record in the Big East? Because frankly, I think 20 and 10, 500 record in the Big East is probably going to be good enough to get in the tournament this year. I think there's, I mean, in this conference, I think you can get seven teams in. I don't think that's crazy to say. No. 20 and 10, get you a bit. Yeah, I think so. Out of this conference, out of this league. I, we my had take on the whole Big, Big East, we didn't get in. Yeah, my <laughs> my take my my take on this league is that finished eighth. We didn't get in. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the one thing on Anderson and St. John's. Talking with Anderson on Monday, he has set the expectation level, which you're going to do, but right. publicly, publicly, he has now said we are a tournament team. He said the tournament is a given. Those are big words. Those yeah. are big words, that, and they're big. that should be the expectation for for. That group and that roster and that when you have Posh Alexander and Andre Cabello backcourt, that should be what the expectation is. But that doesn't like teams don't always live up to expectations. And to me, when you play that pressing style, that's the the easiest style to. I don't want. I don't think disappoint is the right word, but kind of uh, like not live up to that expectation. 
because it's so easy to have it not work. When it works, you look great. When it doesn't work, you look like, you know, you have no idea what you're doing. But it's a little simple, right, Laval? You give te- you give opponents in the Big East more possessions. Yeah, the two things that, one, you got to you gotta score, to your point, do they have enough shooting and scoring? Because you got to score to be able to set the press. Right. Um, so if the other team's just playing because they're not shooting the ball well or they don't have enough, you know, then they'll just be playing transition defense all, all game long. Uh, and two, what we've cited in the league already is point guard play within the league. So for a team that presses, you know, who are the point guards, who are the guards that are going to have to handle it throughout the league? Because I always thought, you know, when you get into big power six conference basketball, it's hard to pre- harder to press because the guards are so good. Uh, you're relying on other teams making mistakes and when you get to this level of basketball good teams are not going to make mistakes it's hard and and so how seasoned are the backcourts in the league going to be you know as Xavier gelled has as UConn found a point guard because when they run into St. John's if they're still trying to figure out their point guard it could be a disaster for Connecticut you know is uh is Xavier is Sule boom the point guard for Xavier you know because if they catch them early and I don't know their schedules but the timing of when they play people is going to be a, a big part of, I think, That's their season and, and which way it goes. That's been the same old St. John's story for some time now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pre- pretty much. Is St. John's New York's team? No. 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 Not even. Not even. Oh, my gosh. You know who New wow. York team – you know who it is, wow. You know who it wow. is, Scoop. You can admit it. Wow. You can admit You could. We wow. can be honest. This is an honest show. This is an honest show. You can be honest. We're being honest. <laughs> That's why that's why John X, he know, he know who's New York's favorite team is. <laughs> it's is it Connecticut school? No. <laughs> no? Is it the team that beat, is it the team that beat IUP last night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> were you sweating it? Were you sweating at halftime last night? No. Not <laughs> even. <laughs> hey, no. uh, feel feel the 68 daily. Every morning, hit in your inbox. Mike Miller and his crew do an amazing job. 8.30 a.m. Eastern time every single morning. You got to subscribe. You got to check it out at the Field of 68. Field of 68 Daily is your source. Subscribe. Read it because it gives you the latest in college basketball every single morning. And, hey, by the way, tomorrow night, 8 Eastern time, Megan McCune, one of our newest team members, along with Jeff Goodman, Geo Baker, Robbie Hummel, they will have your Big Ten season preview show that is going to be a dandy and rob i know we're excited about all our additions here at the field of 68 yeah it's going to be great it's going to be a good show we have these shows running uh, all next week as well pac 12 sec uh, we're going to be doing the best of the rest and we have an all-american show where we may or may not be joined by a couple of our first team all-americans i don't want to Ooh. give that away yet fanta i don't think we, we can't give it away yet we can't give it away yet all right we got about 10 minutes here okay so we're going to go a little bit more rapid fire to break down the rest of the league. So I'm asking you, I'll start with you, Laval. I'm giving you this collection of teams, okay? Providence, Seton Hall, Marquette, mm-hmm. Butler, and St. John's. You get to buy two stocks, two of, two of those five. Who, who are you buying into? Uh, Providence, because I'm, I'm got, I got faith in Cooley and his way to to just figure out what he did with Al Durham last year, having to have him come in one year, him and Manaya, and make that work. 
Uh, he's got a lot of new pieces, but if anybody can make it work, Ed, Ed will make it work. And they've got a point guard coming back in Jared Bynum. Mm-hmm. So I'm by I, I'd say best point guard in the league. Is that fair to say? Ooh, great. You know, from a production standpoint, on the return, yeah, and and big game stepping up. Like, who's got the RJ Cole? He, he beat us at home last year down the stretch. Like, who's got that mm-hmm. stuff in him late in the game to to bring it home? He had the big shot. Uh, I think against Xavier last year with no timeouts, and so he's done it. So you can't discount the fact that the, he's he's competed and he's won his team game. So, you know, I, I would say on the way back in, he's the most, you know, he's been the most productive of any anybody in the league coming back at the point guard position. Um, you know, Posh will probably have something to say about that. But You're right. Because right. <laughs> Posh has done, you know, those two guys, when you think of the league and returning point guards, they, they jump out. Um, and then I would say, uh, did you say Marquette? Was Marquette in that group? They're in that group. I, I just, you know, knowing Coach Smart and they're, uh, they're going to play extremely hard. They were really good defensively last year. Um, they'll have to answer the same question. Where are we going down the stretch for a bucket? Because, you know, now more, Daryl Morcel is gone and Justin Lewis is gone. And if, if David Joplin can make the jump, similar yes. to Jordan Hawkins, if he can make the jump, Tyler Kovlich, one of the best passers I've seen, I've coached against. I mean, he has elite vision, uh, but he's got to have somebody to, to swing it to and somebody to find. And, and they've got Oso, who I think is a matchup problem. Um, so those two, I would say, just based on what's returning uh, and the coaches having the experience of putting it together. Can I, I got a hot take here. I, I think that Providence doesn't belong in that group. They belong in the group above it. I think that they're closer to the top four than they are to the rest of that group for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I think Jared Bynum, like I said, is the best point guard in the conference. Two, trust in Cooley uh, at all costs. And yeah. three, Bryce Hopkins, I think, is going to be one of the breakout stars in college basketball this year. I think there's a non-zero chance that he ends the season as the biggest player of the year. If the he's as good – go ahead. On their roster that I really, I went to their practice that I really like, Hopkins stood out was Devin Carter from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. He's going to help them. He, At a, media day, he showed up. He had on the like the gray plaid suit with the white turtleneck and this big yeah. old chain. And as soon as I saw the big old chain and the turtleneck, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm in. Well, I didn't even need to see him practice, Laval. That's how much ball I know. Terrific <laughs> defender, right, Laval? I mean, terrific Yeah, he, he's like cut for Cooley. Just he's I versatile. Like he's, he, can, he can defend. He's long. He's tough. Like he just he he's gonna get you some scrum buckets. Like he he's just one of Cooley's type of guys. So I would mean? say out of the out of that group that you mentioned, the two that I would be buying is Marquette for a lot of the reasons that Laval just said, um, and I also like Butler. I think that adding uh, the the shot blocking presence of Mandy Bates is big, and the two freshmen coming back, Laval. I don't know how to say his name. Simos, 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 Lucosius. If Jaden and Simos mm-hmm. can take Lucosius and Jaden Taylor, those two guys are talented as talented as any perimeter guys in the league um, and taking the jump and fitting into a new system with coach Mata. And then they've added the inside presence, you know, with the two big guys transferring in um, and Chuck, Chuck Harris is, you know, proving that he can score in this league. So Eric Hunter coming in to like make shots, defends. He's a good, he's a really good piece and a veteran that has won a lot of games at Purdue. I'm going I'm to go out on the limb and say Marquette as well for a lot of what y'all said, but, Georgetown has to do. Oh something boy! Wow! All right. Okay. 
No, no, seriously, it's like a must coach. They just something. I don't, I, I don't. Hold on, hold on, Scoop. I got, I got a question. I got a question, Scoop. But I'm not throwing shade either. I'm like, I'm ruined. I would, but no, I know. But are you like you just said? You're just saying good things about Georgia. Are you allowed back in upstate New York? Like, is there now a, a line that you can't cross? Is there a moat you're not allowed to go go across? That wasn't our rival when I was at Syracuse. It was more Villanova with us. Okay, it wasn't Georgetown. <laughs> okay, so that, but Oof, so not you, like you can't. And we can't Oof, get, did Rob give you some of his drink? No, <laughs> <laughs> <This is> water. <laughs> <laughs> just making sure just making sure are okay so tell me what tell me why about georgetown i'm gonna just say to be honest all the way patrick ewing on the hot seat this one this is the year he has to really like to me they have to make a splash at least like and they can't go oh and 19 i think they finished 10th right or nine. You got, you got to win at least oh, one game. Oh, they finished eleventh last year because scoop. You got to win at least conference. one game if you're if you're Patrick Ewing this year. You got to get at least one. But then then you could just kind of say it's improved. I'll make I'll make the better. case for you, scoop. They got it. They're a different team. So it's, so so Quadras Wahab is back. He averaged thirteen a game with Coach that mm-hmm. sophomore year before he transferred. Yes. Now he's back. He should have been at Georgetown in the, as an all league big man last year. They well, got a point guard with Dante Harris. So you got a big man. You got a point guard. They got a legit dude in Murray, the kid that transferred in from LSU. Brandon Murray. I know Murray really well. Yeah, he hit 43s last year as a freshman. Like, not easy to do. And you add in a cook, a cook. Like, they, if it all comes together, I don't know if Scoop's that far off. Man, listen, it's going to have I, – I, like, I know Murray really well, but I think it has to come together. <laughs> Here's what I like. Patrick but, Ewing said today, Patrick Ewing has taken on a very different tone here. You know, he, here he is coming off a winless Big East season. And there's, frankly, there's not many coaches who are going to get another runaround here, another chance to to avenge that in today's college basketball. That That is happening for Georgetown because it's Patrick Ewing. But Patrick Ewing said today, sometimes you have to give up some of your power to realize what you really need to be as a program. In other words, it can't all be Patrick Ewing. He had to shake up his staff. It had to happen. Kevin right. Nickelberry was a terrific ad. He's immediately establishes credibility on that staff, and it's going to bring in talent. And it's going to bring in talent and already is brought in. But we're running out of time here. we got to get the one, power rankings. We have to get one the point, power One point real quick on Georgetown. Don, I, I don't know what's going on with Dante Harris and, uh, and, right. and Patrick Ewing. Um, and Jay Heath, I don't know. Has he been – do we have any word on whether or not he's eligible this year? I know said they're, they're still waiting. Two updates on Georgetown. They're still waiting on Heat's waiver. And the other update is, is that Dante Harris has been away from the team due to personal reasons. Yeah. So Primo Spears, over during the offseason, um, Patrick was kind of hinting at the fact that Primo was going to win that starting job. And he happens to hail from Hartford, Connecticut, which means he's probably going to end up being a star. You know, he may be the second best point guard in that conference if he's from Connecticut. All right. Here we go. Power <laughs> rankings. Let's go. I'm not even going to – I'm not listening to you. <laughs> Power rankings. Just time. go right on past it. That's okay. Power rankings time. We got to start at number eleven. Do we all agree that until otherwise proven, DePaul is at eleven? Okay. I, I, no I, I, one talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree. Agree. Yep. All right. Georgetown is ten. I, I can I can I go out on a limb? Yeah. How, hold on, hold on. I just want to say on our Biggie's preview show, Fanta, you were all in on DePaul. You said they were the most underrated team in the conference, and now you're putting them at 11 for everybody else? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how are, I feel about this. I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like I've been sandbagged over here. 
These are preseason <laughs> rankings. An eleventh. <laughs> I'm I'm putting them at eleven so that when they beat someone, I can say I told you all. I told yeah. so. Okay, <laughs> Georgetown is Georgetown's. These are preseason rankings. Georgetown's ten, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Who comes in at number nine? Marquette was picked to finish ninth. Who actually comes in at number nine? You want me to take it? I'll go well, first. Go ahead, Rob. I, I think um, I think it's going to end up being – if I have to, like, rank them, I, I would probably put Marquette there uh, just because I think that they have more guys that need to take a leap than other, other, uh, other teams in that kind of a tier, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, with yeah. what you're losing, you, you're kind of betting on Cam Jones to get better and you're better, betting on Tyler Kolek to get better and you're betting on Oso to take this jump. So I kind of need to see it. But I think that there is the potential there for them to be a turn. I think you have DePaul and Georgetown at the bottom two. And then to me, it's like there's a tier of four. And Marquette is probably the one that I would have ninth. Out okay. of that group. Does that make sense? Scoop doesn't agree. Scoop, <laughs> no. who's nine? St. John's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it could happen, man. Saint it really John's, could happen. St. John's could finish third. They could finish 11th. I'm telling you, it's a jump. It depends what night you get. You never I mean, know who's going to be with St. John's. That's what kept Laval <laughs> up at night. Life. Laval, that's what kept you up at night. You, you didn't know be, what you were getting. That, that game, you could be up 20 or you could be down 20. Like it That's St. John's. <laughs> there was a game. You played them, right? Weren't you down like 20 we and then you came back and won? We were up 26. Then they came back. Next thing you know, we were down four and had to hit a shot. It was like that's that, And it was like that every time we played them. St. John's. All right. Who's number eight? I'm going to say Butler. Yeah, I got Butler. I think it's Butler, too. Okay. Yeah. Number seven to me. So that's where I actually go St. John's. I think St. John's is number seven in my book. Mm-hmm. Anybody going to go different? I had, I had Marquette at seven and St. John's at six. Which means you got Seton Hall probably at eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would have I would have Seton Hall at uh, – we're at seven, right? I would have Seton oh, Hall right above, right above Butler is where I would have them. I think lo- losing Big Ike is a big thing defensively, Okubiagu and and health. Uh, you know, obviously, if they're if they're healthy, but they all got to be healthy. Well, and losing Jared Roden, losing Jared Roden's a huge loss. Seton Hall hinges on Kadari Richmond. They need him to. They, the Pirates have different players who can do different things, but they need a lead guard who can set up these guys. And Richmond, to me, twenty eight against UConn one day. Not good the next day. You didn't know what version of him you're getting. Alamir Dawes, quality ad. Femio Ducali, quality ad. Yeah. Uh, Casey and Defo is ready to be in the Big East. But for Seton Hall, they got to have point guard play. If they have it, they're going to be a pretty good team. They're going to be a tough out. If Alamir they don't, Dawes. Alamir Dawes, buy stock now. Alamir yeah. Dawes, buy stock now. The, okay. shooting, the shooting is a concern for me. Shooting's a concern, absolutely. They'll defend and rebound, but at some point you got to make shots. All right, who comes in at number six? Johnny's. Okay. Scoop. I'm going with Seton Hall. Okay. That's fine. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's a proper place to put them. I think Seton Hall's anywhere between like five and seven or eight. Who's number five? Anyone six to nine. I think you could put any of those six to nine works. Providence five. I would have Providence five. Who's four. I I took a, I took a leap. Oh, Dallas not going to like this. Oh man. I got him on the show. Cut him off the show. (laughs) You had Connecticut at five? Unbelievable. Here's the thing. I I put my faith in Cooley. I put put some stock in the head. Good place to put stock in. 
Good place okay. to put stock in. Look, so you got and Providence a, up to number proven four. point guard. I'm a, Scoop knows it. If you don't know anything else about me, Scoop, if you learned on this show, if I got, if we got a point guard and a good defense, I can sleep well. That's, that's <laughs> right. Well, Coach, and here's the I'm thing. I'm getting into coaching. That's exactly what you need. <laughs> good point guard and a good defense escape. Okay. Scoop, who do you have? Scoop, give me your top four teams in the Big East. We'll finish with this here. My top four teams go is go is playing is Creighton, right. Rob, you did it. But uh, Creighton, Xavier, Villanova, Villanova, UConn. Okay. Yeah. Laval Jordan, your top four. I went Creighton, Nova, Providence, Xavier. Wow. Wow. That means that Bryce Hopkins is a is an all Big East first team selection, in my opinion. If Providence is went to watch him work out. He's big time, folks. He is he's what Ed Cooley's had with Ladante Henn and Kadeem Bats, like stretch fours that get it done. Hey, hey. I, I'm ex- I want to see what y'all y'all I want to see the point guard. From Providence, I'm excited. Find him. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's, he's really good. I'm gonna really pay attention to him. Heavy That's commitment it. from Bynum. All yeah. right, Rob, top four. You're, I'm gonna, you're gonna surprise, uh, be surprised with this one. I have Creighton winning it. I have UConn finishing second. I have Xavier finishing third. I have the Friars finishing fourth, and I have Villanova as the number five team oh in the preseason poll. I'm surprised. Okay. I, I kind I want to. I need to see it. Whitmore, like, look, look, Whitmore <laughs> has been out with a broken thumb, right? Justin Moore, we don't know when he's coming back, and we already talked about the point guard situation with that program. You got Jay Wright coming in. I, I maybe I, I'm on a limb, but I still think they finished top four. Yeah, I think two through five, we're probably going to look at a situation where it's like two teams are twelve and six, and then two teams are eleven and seven. Right? Is that sure? I think Creighton, Xavier, Villanova, UConn, but I'm going to give this take. Of the teams in the Big East, Xavier makes the deepest NCAA tournament run. I really like that team in March. I think, and I also think this, for the first time since Big East reconfiguration, a Midwest team is going to win the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden. Mm. Love this fact. This is like the ninth time I've heard you mention this. (laughs) <laughs> well, we keep showing up to these championship games and spilling over this and over that. <laughs> the, the, the thing that I'll say, John, is it is, you know, with, with Coach Wright gone and uh, obviously Creighton's the, the, the favorite, you know, preseason favorite. But really, I mean, you know, if you take the five teams that you kind of all had it, any of them could win it. I mean, any one of them could win it. It's open. Yeah, There's a, that's what them. makes it, it's, it's not Villanova and everybody else, I don't think. Um, I don't know if Creighton and everybody else because because they still yeah. have to do it as well. I mean, they're right. young. They're I just I think I think you I think you misspoke there, Laval. You said that anybody can win. I think you mean anyone can finish second, right? <laughs> we're, we're all in on Creighton scoop. Let's go. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I like the analytics. The analytics don't like Creighton as much as we do. That's well, that's again, true. T- turnover problems last year, and they didn't shoot it great. And they lost and they two did- great shooters. They lost their two best shooters, and they didn't shoot it great. Uh, and they had a big time shooter with Baylor, you know, snap. So and they did lose two of their top three scores for what it's worth. For what it's worth. They did. Right. Hawkins and O'Connor. Yeah. All right. Player of the year. Player of the year in the Big East is going to be preseason or picks for our postseason. 
Give me your preseason and a postseason. Quickly. Preseason, preseason is Dama Sonogo. I'm right. I'm all I'm all in on the idea that it's Ryan Kalkbrenner that ends up winning at the end of the year. Scoop. I'm gonna go with Ryan. Ooh. Like it. I'm gonna go out of the box. Everybody will pick Sonogo Kaluma. He Big East tournament, my man was 13 and 6. NCAA tournament, my man was 18 and 9 last year as a freshman. 18 and 9 here? 18 and 9, 24 against Kansas as a freshman. And now he's going to shoot the ball better than he's 6'7, six, 6'8, six, and you got to match up with him. He also claims he's the funniest guy on the roster. So I, I don't know. Anyone that claims Dude, that look, look at Fanda. Fanda's got his head, handle on his head with that one. Because <laughs> you took, because that's my pick too. I think our, <laughs> I think our Kaluma is going to be the Big East player of the year. I really do. He's the best pro prospect in the league. Right. He is, he's the that. most difficult matchup in the league. This totally is agree. the year of Arthur, baby. Arthur. Kaluma to me is going to be big time for Creighton, big time. And if it's not if it's not Kaluma for Creighton, then I would think of Bynum for Providence. Think about Fair. it. Think about it. I'm trying to figure out if you're shocked because I said what you said or you said what I said. I love that we matched. <laughs> I love that we matched. Hey, hey Laval, I, you don't want to be on that island, man. Like, you don't want to change your pick. <laughs> come over to come over you to fantasy. Want to change your pick. Come over to Fantasy Island. We'll serve you some buca de pepo, and we'll have a good night. That's Laval's favorite Italian, so that's <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. All right, that does it for Scoop Jardine, Laval Jordan, Rob Dalster, John Fanta saying so long. Thanks to producer Dagan Hughes. We are back tomorrow. After Dark Season previews continue with Jeff Goodman, Robbie Hummel, Geo Baker, Megan McCune with the Big Ten preview. Will Indiana win that league? The guys are going to discuss tomorrow night. 